Bokor Tov. Bokor Tov. Good morning. Good morning to everybody. Good morning. Today's staff is that is that Lamed Hay in Sota. This parak has been discussing from the beginning. The Mishnah was talking about which uh, tfilos uh, supplications or uh, other issues, court cases, what or halachas, what has to be said in Lashon Hakodesh, and what can be said in any language. So Parsha Sota. That's how we got into this. What could be said in any language. But other things have to be said, Dafka in Lashon HaKodesh. And one of those things was the brachas and klolos that were said when they came, when Yeshua brought them into Eretz Yisrael, and Har Grisim and Har Evel. Then the Gemara got into all other issues about when they came into Eretz Yisrael, including the issue of the Meraglim, which is what we're discussing today, the issue of Meraglim. Today's daf is daf lamed hey. We, we Yesterday, uh, the podcast took you to a few lines down, but we'll start from the top of the page. Amr B'Yochanan. Pasuk says, uh, or the last three words actually in on Lamadan base, by Yeshubumitoris, they, they returned from spying the land. By Yochu, the top of Lamad Hay, by Yochu Bevo, they went and they came home. They went, Amr Biochum, Mishum Rabshim Berechoi, Makash Alichavir, there's Hekash in the same Pasuk between um, uh, between going and coming. Just like when they came home, they came back with bad advice. To tell you that the Miraglim went out originally with evil intentions in mind to uh, to to uh, spread uh, false lies about uh, lies about Eretz Yisrael. And they told them, we came into this uh, country. It's took it's a great country, good good land, but there's some problems there. Siv Fs, but the the nation that lives there is a tough nation, is a strong, tough nation. We won't be able to defeat them. So they start off by saying good things about Israel, and then they said bad things. So any evil uh, tidings that you say without telling some good, some truth at the beginning, will not be, will not last. In other words, when you want to tell a good lie, start off with the truth. Oh, the, the truth they know is that they're, they're telling the truth. So you start to believe them, and then you you finish up with the lie. So they told something true at the beginning, which was how great Eretz Israel was. Now, the nation, of course, uh, got upset when they heard the report of the spies, and they didn't want to go into Eretz Israel. Kalev quieted them down. El Moshe. In other words, he, he tried to appease them in order to uh, that they should join forces with Moshe, they shouldn't be against him. I asked Moshe. In other words, he tried to turn the tide uh, in Moshe's favor. How did he do that? Amar she says in Midvarim, he he uh, uh, enticed them, he appeased them with words. What happened? Pasach Yeshua. He saw that Yeshua when he started talking the Kamishtoi, and he was saying good things. Amrlei, and they said, "Well, Yeshua is telling us what to do." Dain Rosh Ktiya, this uh, this uh, head that's been cut off, Yamal should speak. Unfortunately, he didn't have any children. So who is this guy? He has no power. He's not a strong person without children. As he has no interest long term, maybe, uh, because he has no children. He has no, uh, you know, he has no money in the game, so to speak. Right. And therefore, he um, uh, he's he's not important. We don't have to listen to Yeshua. So you saw that Yeshua started off because Yeshua started off to try to defend Moshe right away and to defend Hashem and Eretz Israel. So uh, they cut him down. So Amr, so uh, Kalev said, if I talk the same way and try to start off with good things, uh, so they'll also say something against me, and they'll shut me up. They'll, 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 uh, they'll stifle me. They'll muzzle me from speaking. So I better not start off saying something good. Amr, and I told them, um, Amr, he said, 
So he started to say something which sounded like he was also joining them against Moshe. He said, Is this the only thing that he's done to us, leading us into the Midbar to come to Eretz to a bad place? It sounded like he was joining with them, that he was, yeah, he was uh, uh, on the side of the of the Meraglim. Is this the only thing that Ben Amram did to us? Unfortunately, say he's called Ben Amram because since Moshe was his Rebbe, he shouldn't call him by his name. Savri, they said, so everybody thought the Gnusikim story that they were talking good, uh, they were talking about that he was, that uh, Kali was also going to say something bad about Moshe. He started by saying, is this the only thing that he's done to us? So they thought, oh, okay, well, listen to him. Ishtika, so they were quiet. Amr then he told them, so look at the things that he's done. Look at things that he's done. Is this the only thing, like you're upset about this? What about the other things? What are the other things? He took us, took us good, he did good things. He took us out of Mitzrayim, he split the sea. And he gave us the monte. Look at the good things that he's done. If he if he would tell us asu solomas if he would tell us right now build ladders and climb up to the heavens, long nishma. We want listen to look at the good things that he's done. Don't just assume that he's only going to do bad for us. That's how Kalev quieted the people down. We will go up, we will inherit the land. We can definitely do this. But the other people, the other spies, the 10 spies said, no, we won't be able to. The Maragam said a terrible thing at that time. His Pusik says, they said um, that we're not able to. They said, because because the land and the people there are too strong for us. I'll take a man who don't read Manu as referring to us. Manu can mean us. It could also mean him. As if to say that he, they're even stronger than Hashem, that Hashem, that even the Balabayas, the, uh, the Balabayas, the owner of the land of Eretz Israel, he can't even take out his furniture from there. He can't take out his camp. In other words, they are preventing him. They're stronger, so to speak, than God. That's the terrible thing that the spy said. They said that it's a land that consumes its inhabitants. Uh, Hashem said like this, I did them good things for them. I, I, I caused some things to happen in Eretz Yisrael that would be good for, this, for, for the Jews and for the spies who saw it. And they interpreted it the wrong way. What it was, I thought, I, I, I thought to do something good for them. Wherever the spies uh, reached when the, when the spies uh, ran um, when they went around Eretz Yisrael wherever they came. So one of the important nobles of the Goyim who lived there died. Why did I make them die at that point? So that the Goyim would be occupied with burying their noblemen. They won't they won't inquire about the spies. In other words, they I wanted to give the spies a respite that the Goyim shouldn't uh, see them and. Uh, and harass them and uh, you say, you know, tell them to, to leave. I was doing a good thing. I kept I kept them occupied by having their nobles, the Goyim's nobles, die wherever the spies went. The Ikanami I'm say Eov that that Eov died at that point, everybody was busy with his Hesped. But the spies then interpreted it as a bad thing. wherever he went, people were dying. So their nobles died wherever he went, so it's a bad land. And we uh, we were in our eyes like grasshoppers. And so we were in there. So we were in their eyes. In other words, the spy said, we thought of ourselves as, as grasshoppers compared to these giants. And they also saw us as grasshoppers. They were liars. If you say we appeared to them 
we we were in our eyes, we appeared to us as grasshoppers compared to the giants. Okay, that's okay. We thought of ourselves, we, we thought of ourselves as so powerless. We thought of ourselves as grasshoppers compared to these giants. And so we were in their eyes. How would they know? How do you know how how do you know how they saw you? You know how you saw yourself. How do you know how they saw you? But it's not really the truth. They weren't liars in that aspect. Why? When they would, uh, when as we said, the nobleman died, and whenever they would give him their sudasavra, the you know right after the uh, burial, they would give them uh, a meal. Two siyars they have remember they would do it underneath the cedar trees. And when we saw them, when we saw them under the trees, we went and hid up in top of the trees so they shouldn't uh, see us. We were hiding. We were afraid of them. And when we were in the trees, in the top of the trees, we heard them saying, We heard the guy themselves saying, We saw some people who were like, like grasshoppers, little, little tiny people up in the trees. So that's how, that's a, the when they when the spy said, that we appeared to them also as grasshoppers in their eyes. They were telling them they didn't just make it up because they heard them talking that way. Everybody lifted their voice when they started crying. When they heard the bad reports of the spies, everybody started crying and screaming. That day, it was they cried for nothing. And I will make this day, this terrible day of Tishabav, a day of crying for many, uh, establish it as a crying for all generations, because it will be the day, of course, in which the Batei Mikdash were destroyed. And they all said, Let's uh, take Olive and Yeshua were defending Moshe and defending us. So let's, uh, let's stone them. Exhibit says afterwards, And the honor of God appeared in the tent of meeting in the in the Mishkan. They, they took stones and threw them towards heavens, towards God. In other words, it's to say, they were gonna, they were throwing stones, they were about to throw the stones, and they said the honor of Hashem was there. As if to say that they were actually throwing stones towards heaven. They died. Those who spoke badly of Eretz Yisrael, of, of, the, of the land of Aretz, they died. Uh, they died. Uh, they died an evil death in a plague. They died an unusual death. Unusual death. Near the raw magefa dar. She's darshan's not just magefa, but raw. It says raw b'magefa. He's darshan as if to say raw b'magefa. They died not just uh, uh, not not just dibas aretz. The raw could be going on dibas aretz. They spoke badly. Motzia dibas raw. They spoke badly. But darshan's raw b'magefa that it was especially an unusual death that they died. Amar b'chenir bar papa. What was the what was the uh, unusual death that they suffered? That their tongues stretched out and fell down to their navel. And the uh, maggots or the worms were going out. They they were exiting from their tongues. These long tongue, their elongated tongues into their navel. And then from the navel went back into their tongues. So they died of, uh, it's called either croup or diphtheria. It's an inflammation of the throat, which causes them basically to choke. So they died this horrible death. Back to the story of Yoshua bringing them into Eretz Yisrael. When, uh, what happened was we saw before that the Kohanim who carried the Aaron Kodesh, at this point they carried the Aaron Kodesh. As we saw, there were three points in which they carried it. 
they carry their kosh, and they when they step into the Yardain, the river split just like it split at the, the Red Sea when they left Eretz Yisrael. I mean, when left Mitzrayim, rather. When left Mitzrayim, it split. Here also it split. When the Quran put their feet in there and uh, the whole thing split until all the Jews uh, crossed the um, crossed the Yardain. And then, as we'll see, when they, after they all crossed, the Quran withdrew their feet from the water back onto uh, the land. But they were really on the other side. They were on the side, of, on the Jordan. They were on the other side, the Eber Yardain. Once the last of the Jews uh, went up from the Yardin, in other words, crossed from the Jordan River into Israel, the water returned to its uh, to its normal passion. When they went up from the Mitoch, when they lifted their feet, they, went, they came back out of the Jordan River. The feet of the Kohanim went back onto dry land and in trans Jordan, and the waters of the Jordan returned by and they continued flowing as they normally did. But now it turns out that the Aaron and those who carried it in the Kohanimitzadach, they were on one side, trans Jordan, so to speak, on the other side of the Jordan. In other words, the Jews were on the west side of the Jordan and the and the Kohanim and the Aaron were on the uh, east side. Um, so at that point, the Aaron, the Aaron itself picked up, carried those who had carried it, and crossed over the Jordan. In other words, the miraculously, the Aaron lifted up those who carried it and the Kohanim to the other side. When the nation uh, completed crossing over the Jordan, then the Aaron Passed itself, it itself crossed. In other words, the Kohen, the the Aaron miraculously crossed over the Jordan by itself, carrying those who had carried it with it. Uza later on we'll see when the uh, Aaron was coming back to uh, to the into the hands of the Jews from the Pelishnim. So Uza was punished. And we'll see that said that the. The the Aron came until this place, the granary of Kidon. See, Kidon really means like a spear. But that was what it's called. By Yishlach Uzas Yadom, and the Aron was uh, sort of teetering, and he was afraid that it was going to fall. So Uza stretched out his hand, Lachas Aron, to grab it, to hold it, that it shouldn't fall. Uza, I understand. Nosav, Nosav, Nosa If if the Aron could carry even those who carried it, it certainly can carry itself. Uh, so therefore, Hashem got angry at Uza for touching the and stretching out his hands to try to hold the arm. Hashem, Hashem got angry at Uza and he smote and he killed him. Al Hashal. We'll see what that means in a second. So he hit he, Hashem killed Uza for holding on to the arm. What does that mean? One says for this case, Shalu meaning it was a mistake. She's like a shogeg. Rashi says Shalu is. Um, he made a mistake. He erred in trying to hold on to the uh, to the Aaron. So he killed him because that he relieved himself there. For him to say, what do you mean relieved himself? He didn't on purpose do it, but he was so f- afraid of it falling that that caused him uh, it caused his uh, the cover of his uh, uh, to open up. In other words, he it was against his will. He so to speak, he he relieved himself there. Bayamasham, he should have controlled himself or gone away, but the whole thing started because he tried to hold on to it. Bayamasham, and he died there. Uza died there. Im Aron Elohim with the Aron of God. 
He actually, even though he died there, Hashem punished him for holding on to the Aaron, but he's going to have a share in the next world. It says he died with Aaron, just like the Aaron will last forever. In other words, even though we don't know where the Aaron is, but it's still around and it will last. And David got upset. Hashem because Hashem had, so to speak, breached Uzzah, uh, that he did this to him. Um, they destroyed him. David got angry. What does that mean? It doesn't say vayichar af. It says vayichar, like he was blackened. part of his face turned like a like a like a charcoal or like a cake that was uh, that was burnt, uh, like a charcoal it was dark. says like a like a coal hachanami does it mean like it, the, it says that person every time it says vayichar when a person got angry it means his face was black hachanami so the hosung siv af normally when it says angry it says vayichar af that's anger hachalok siv af here it doesn't say af it just says vayichar his face blackened darish rabbim neiman nenish david why was david also punished nei shekor devayatoras mis because he called the Torah song shenemar zmiras hayulichu kecha your um your laws were to me, your ordinances were to me like songs, the basement in the house of my pilgrimage, in the house of where I dwell, in the basement of me, the that says about them, if you close your eyes for a minute from the Torah, if you stop learning Torah, we say, shouldn't stop, you should always learn. If um, if you uh, stop learning it for a second, Rashi says, if you double up your eyes by closing them, like you close your lids, so you double them up. In other words, if you turn your attention away from Torah, even for a minute, it won't be there. Torah is very deep and and uh, and spiritual. Atakorin, uh, you call them songs. It's like you're belittling them. I'm going to make. I'll cause you to make a mistake. I'm going to make you make a, a, a mistake that even children. Who learned in the learn in the school would not make such a mistake. What was that? Shall based on Yod so they know. And and I'm gonna you think you call it mirrors, I'll show you that even you can make a mistake. The Siv. The Benekas didn't give wagons. In other words, the Benekas carried them. They're supposed to carry the uh the parts of the base amigdash um in uh they're supposed to carry them by hand. Rashi says. Moshe didn't give uh, wagons to the Bnei Kos because they were supposed to carry them on their shoulders. They're supposed to carry them on their shoulders. You're not supposed to put them on wagons. And David made a mistake. When he brought the Aron from the Plishtim, he brought him on a wagon. And the people of Beis Moshe were destroyed. Hashem smote them. He robed them because they looked at the Aron. As it was passing through that area, Hashem smote them because they looked at it. What were they supposed to do? What what they did wrong? One says while they were working, you know, they were busy harvesting. They just took a look over there instead of standing like standing aside and giving it proper attention. Uh, they just while they were working, they said, "Oh, take a look over there." Like they looked at it without showing it respect. They also threw some bad words. At the Oran. What do they say? It says, uh, who who uh, got you angry? We're on Ahmed Base on Lamed Hamid Base, the top 
who got you angry? You Aaron, that you allowed yourself, you didn't save yourself from being taken into captivity by the by the Pelishtim. Uman also lech device. And then what happened? Who pacified you that now you changed your mind and you freed yourself? In other words, as if to say the Aaron didn't need uh, didn't need human intervention to free itself, the Aaron could do it itself. So, so it's like they threw things as oh well, you Aaron, uh, why did you allow yourself to be taken into captivity originally? And now why were you uh, pacified? Like they threw like words at it that way. This goes back in Shmuel Aleph. We're talking about Shmuel Beis. It goes back to Shmuel Aleph. Hashem destroyed among in the nation in in, uh, in that nation Shivamish seventy people, but Hamishim ish and fifty thousand. So what does it mean? 50, 70 people and fifty thousand. Again, a machlokas rabavu rabelazer. This is probably just brought down because it's really not the issue over here. But you have a, just like you had a machlokas rabavu and rabelazer about the aron, what the um, what the people, what you know, why the people in in Beit Shemesh were were killed, uh, and that we were talking about the Aron. So he talks here another machlokas about that the Rabbi Bonav Lazarus had were seventy people that were killed. Each of these seven was the equivalent of fifty thousand people. Some say no, he killed fifty thousand people. And each one was the equivalent of the seventy uh, the seventy rabbis judges of the Sanhedrin. In other words, the the chashuvim, the most uh, noble people among the Jews. That's what he. That's why he was called. That's why I said seven. There were fifty thousand people, but each one of them was the equivalent of seventy. By back to the Aron being brought from the Pelishtim to the possession of the Jews. Hashem, when the the people who carry the Aron went and when they when they marched, Shishit saw them seven paces, seven steps, uh, six steps rather. Whenever they walked six steps, by Yisbach, they made an altar there, by Yisbach Shomri, and they sacrificed the oxen and fat fat uh, animals. That's what they did at each each six steps. Except that it says Shiva Param Shiva, and that also says seven um, seven bulls and seven rams. Uh, so what's going? What does that mean? Is it is it uh, at every sixth step they did uh, uh, Shor Amuri? They did two animals. Or it says seven param and seven alim. Our Papa Barshmol Al Kol Psiy Psiy Shormari. On every step they did one, they did two animals. Al Kol Sheish V'Sheish Pias. And on every six Shiva Param V'Shiva Alim. On every six steps uh, they did seven param and seven alim. But that means that every step they they sacrificed some animals. Amalei Rav Chista Im Kemi Leisa Eskol Eretz Yisrael B'Mos. All of Eretz Yisrael was filled with altars. Every step they made another altar and made sacrifices. Elam Rav Chista. I'll call Sheish for Sheish because on every six steps, Shormari is still a lot of altars, right? They, on every six steps, they did two animals, a Shormari. I'll call Shisha, I assume that means Shormari, it maybe means the Shore, which is Marie. Um, I'll call Shisha, but they did, on every six steps, they sacrificed some animals. I'll call Shisha some, and every six sets of Sheish Pius. So on every six steps, they did at least one or two animals. And then on every, on every six uh, sets of six steps, they did Shiva Parma Shiva Elam. It says Siv Kidon. It says when they came to, we mentioned that word before, they came at Gora and Kidon. They came to the granary of Kidon. Kidon is like a spear or a javelin. Um, and it's also called, is also called the Goran of Nachon, the established one. Omar Belchan, the Tchila Kidon originally was a, like a spear. What do you mean by that? The Tchila Rashi says, it was like a tough thing, like a spear, because uh, Uzzah was killed for trying to uh, 
he didn't well, but he made a mistake because uh, he tried to touch the Aron to uh, to set it up properly that it shouldn't fall. And uh, because of that, it was like called a spear because he was killed. And at the end, Lachish and Shtosham, Shishachadosh, and Beis, once it was in the house of Beis, of uh, Obed Adam, who wasn't even Jewish, therefore, six Nasa, Nachon, Shehech, and Espeso, he prepares us as Bayavar Hashem blessed him for housing the uh, the Aron during that time. Um, okay. Um, his, 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 Hashem blessed him, and, his, and Rashi goes on to say, Shmarnakot said that they, they had a lot of children. Uh, they were blessed by by for for hosting the Aram. So originally it was like a spear, and later on it was like it made for something established. But it was a good thing. Nimsatomer comes out that Shloshamine Avonam Hayu. There were actually three kinds of stones uh, that were set up uh, by the Ole Eretz Yisrael Hayu. Echachek Moshe, one that Moshe had established. Um, right, the gear says Be'eveyarden Eretz Moa, right, and the eastern side and Transjordan and land of Shnemar. It says Be'eveyarden. On the other side of the Jordan, across the Jordan, Be'eretz Moab in the land of Moab, Ho'el Moshe Be'er, Moshe started to explain the Torah. So here it doesn't mention stones in that Pasuk, but there's Xer Shavu, Lahol and Omer. Later on it says, V'kasafta le'en on these stones, V'kasafta le'en Torah, and write the Torah on these stones. And it says there, Be'er Hetev, Be'osi Be'er Be'er, so we learn Xer Shavu. In Varim Chavzayin, at the end of the Dvarim, it says, You'll write the Torah on these stones, and it says Bayer Hatev. So therefore, when it says before, Ho Moshe Bearus Torah also we learn that it's supposed to be on stones. So that was the first set of stones that Moshe wrote the Torah on in Eretz Moab. One that Yeshua set up in the Jordan River. He set up 12 stones with Tochayarding. That was the second group of stones, right? So she kinds of stones. One that he set up in Gilgal already in Eretz Yisrael Shnemar, that Shnemar Sreyavonim Ha'ela Shalaku set them up there in Gilgal. Tanrabonim, Ketzakos Yisrael Satorah. How do they write the Torah on these stones? So we have here a machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Yehuda Amar Al-Gavi Avonim, because they wrote it actually on the stones. Shnemar Kasafta Al-Avonim, right, on the stones, that's called Devei HaTorazos, write the entire Torah on these stones. And after they wrote the Torah on the stones, Soto Asomah said they plaster them. They put plaster on top of the stones. That means on the ksav, on the writing. How were they able to learn? As we'll see, Shimon, Rav Shimon held that the, um, the Zera or the, the uh, decree of Hashem, that Hashem command, the command of Hashem to destroy all the inhabitants, all the Goyish inhabitants of seven nations in Eretz Yisrael did not necessarily apply to those outside of Eretz Yisrael. So if they were Kananim and others, uh, others who were a native to the land, but they were outside of Eretz Yisrael, they could have done tshuva and Hashem would not have destroyed them. So how were they able to learn if the, if the uh, plaster covered up the words? How were they expected to learn the Torah? Here it doesn't say 70, uh, lang- 70 languages. How were they supposed to understand it? Amalo. So Rabbi Yudah answered Rabbi Shimon, Bini Hashem gave him great understanding. And they sent uh, their notaries, their scribes, Shalahan, they sent their scribes there, and they peeled off the plaster, and they copied it, they copied the Torah down, that's how they were able to learn. Because of this, their fate was sealed, their decree was sealed, uh, to be destroyed, basically to go to Gehenna, that they were destroyed. In other words, they had the opportunity to learn 
the the right laws, at least the laws of the Shev Mitzvah, things that that were, you know the proper morality. They were able to learn that, and they didn't because of that. They were destroyed. Um, so that's how Rabbi Yudah learned that. Rabbi Yudah said that the, that they wrote the Torah on the stones and they plastered it on top, and the goyim had the obligation to come and remove the plaster temporarily to the right to copy over the Torah, and they should and they should have learned as they had the ability. They had the opportunity to study what was written in the Torah, and they didn't follow it. Rabbi Shimon Omer Agabi Sidkasvur, they wrote it on the plaster. They took these stones, they plastered them, and then they wrote it on the plaster. Below them, they wrote, below the plaster, they wrote, In other words, when Hashem said, Don't let any of the people in the land uh, live, destroy them all. It says there, but it says, they, they, they shouldn't, you know, you destroy them and also you should, they shouldn't teach you their evil ways. If they wouldn't have their evil ways. In other words, if those outside of Eretz Yisrael refrained and uh, returned from their evil ways, we would accept them as going, because it says they shouldn't teach you their bad ways, but if they have good ways, okay, then they could do chuba and they would be accepted. As we'll see, but according to Yehuda, there was no choice. All the Canaan, all the seven nations had to be destroyed totally. According to Shimon, says, no, you put the writing on the outside. So number one, they could see it. You didn't have to have this complicated issue that they would come and remove the plaster, et cetera. Write it on there and write on it that that's only uh, that the Goyim outside of Eretz Yisrael, when, if uh, they should see that it says, the reason they have to, that we have to destroy, we have to destroy them so they shouldn't, they shouldn't teach you their evil ways. But if they returned and disavowed their evil ways, then they wouldn't be destroyed. What's Rav Shimon's reasoning that he says that? Rashi says that Dhamma Al Gabi Sikh so he wrote it on top of the uh, said on top of the plaster. These nations will be. Burnings of plaster. What does that mean? Aliske Sid, because they should have shot Torah Nichtaval of because of the Sid, because of the plaster that the Torah was written of and it was revealed to them, it was exposed to them, and they didn't learn it. In other words, if it would have been covered up by plaster, like Abuta says, and their scribes could have come, so it would have been hard for them. Shimon says, No, 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 we made it easy for them. That's why they, they were destroyed because uh, they could have easily read the Torah and they didn't. I'll miss Aliske Sid, Rabbiuta. The Rabbiuta says, Kisid, Rabbiuta says, no. It's just like plaster. The only way to uh, get rid of it is to burn it. Only, just like Sid can only be destroyed by burning it. The only thing they could do is can only kill them. They have no other option. They don't have an option of chuba because they're like a plaster. Commandos a lot of time. Who does the following go like? We learn it says shivu. When you go out to war, to a voluntary war, it says v'shavisa shivu. You will capture them. The story of of the Ashes Yifas Tovar. Larabos Kanam Shabachutzlarts. Because we're talking about when you go out to a voluntary war, that means in Chutzlarts. When you go out to grab more land, it says to include the Kanam and Chutzlarts that you can v'shavisa you capture them. And of course, the Ashes the Ashes Yifas Tovar. It's not a good advice to do, but if you do, you can bring them in and convert her and make her part of your family. So who does it says? The Bryce says they could also be included. When you go out and you capture the land and they're in there, 
They are not like the Canaanim in Eretz Yisrael that you must destroy totally. If you find them in Chutzlaretz, you could include them too, as long as they as long as they return and follow in the Torah ways. You can bring them into your family. It's the end of the whole process of how you have to keep her for thirty days and what you do with her, etc. And then you could turn her into your family and include them too. Sheim chosen b'tshuva makabel. So if they return to tshuva, you could accept them. Kaman kav shimon, it goes like kav shimon. And Rashi says at the top of the page here on Lamed Vav, he told him basically do tshuva. If you come and accept alma lo hayu amdim chutz lagbul and bchalal lo eschad and shama, the the uh, the uh, command to destroy all the uh, seven nations in Eretz Yisrael, you're supposed to kill them all utterly, totally, uh, did not apply to those of those uh, of the of the seven nations who lived in Chutzlar. If they lived in Chutzlar, they had an option to return according to Rabbi Shimon. Rashi goes on, they all had to be destroyed. All the Canaanim had to be destroyed. All right, we'll pick it up here from the top line over here tomorrow, Mitz Hashem, in the same place. And tomorrow and Friday, apparently, I think we'll learn, we will learn also uh, on Zoom as they continue the work in the shul. Have a good day, everybody. See some of you in a few minutes.